welcome to another edition of Two Guys Discussing Software. Irish guys. Thank you, Brendan. He's back. He's I'm back, back baby. <laughs> Episode 37. This is the 37th time we've been in, I've been in this room. I've been in this room, I think, 37 times. Brendan, you have not I've been in this room. But <clears throat> it's our year end. Happy New Year to everybody, because it's a, and it'll be coming out very soon. It's time for a final annual wrap-up, and I'm delighted to say, Brendan, by that lovely tone of voice I hear, those dulcet tones of yours, you found your way back to us. Yeah, you let me back in the room. Well, Liz, what can I do? You know, where, where have you been? You've been out gallivanting, I hear. You've been off in Las Vegas and doing crazy stuff? Yeah, well, in the last... I think I missed one in the summer because I was in holidays, so I think Rowan stepped in. Yeah. And then I think I dodged a couple through travel. But the last, yeah, in the last... Six weeks I've been in the US yeah. uh, a few times, twice. I just came back from Gartner IOCS in Vegas, and I was at Gartner IOCS in the UK as well. So big you're, events. The Jet Center. I'm a Jet Center. Well, you know what, now? The guy who's looking, who was looking after your seat while you were, while you were away... Harry, he's still here. He's here <laughs> in the room with us too. We're all together yeah. with a broken hand, mind you. Well, you've heard of imposter syndrome, right? He's sitting right opposite me. Sorry, guys, you can't get it off me that easy. <laughs> just, you don't even sound Irish. <laughs> just when I thought I was taking over, Brendan shows shows back again. Don't worry, don't worry. You, you, you that cast in your hand no. when you get a good swing at him later on. Yeah. We'll get so, it, what, what are we calling away. this podcast? Two Irish and an Indian. No, no, we're going to call it two two guys. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll just be the host. You know, you guys okay. can get going. No, whatever, your, whatever your preferred pronoun is. <laughs> we we have listen. We've got a great discussion plan for the day. Yeah. We've got a bit of news. There'll naturally be a bit of gossip. It's good good to do these things at the end of the year. Uh, so let's get stuck in, lads. Let's get stuck in. We'll start with. We won't start with our favourite topic just yet. We'll start with a little bit about Microsoft. Loads of news about Microsoft during the year. I mean, mm. we started up beginning of the year. Myself and Harry talked about this in the last podcast. We started off beginning of the year talking about Microsoft buying uh, Call of Duty, well, Activision. There's been lots of things happening there, hasn't there? And it's been very interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the biggest acquisitions ever. Obviously, it caused a bit of kerfuffle, if you like, when they, when they bought one of the, I guess, one of the most popular profitable games of all time or at least the producer of that which is Call of Duty I know all about it because my son plays it and I hear him shouting it at his at his uh, TV screen constantly I won't ask you what he shouts there's a lot of there's a lot of words beginning with one particular letter of the alphabet but we won't go there but yeah it looks like they may be in a bit of spot of bother with the antitrust because it's you know it's another mega vendor buying up a mega title which dominates the gaming market and the antitrust commissions are looking at to see you know are they going to play fair you know will they will they make the title available on other platforms uh, will they make it exclusive available to the Xbox you know is there anti-competitive antitrust issues well they've, they've offered concessions it's, we've talked about this only about yeah. a few weeks ago uh, yeah but do we believe them you know they've offered a concession that they will make it available for 10 years yeah, but will you know? Will the quality of the game be as good on the other platforms? Will they slow it down? Will the resolution be as good? You know, there's all of these kind of issues arising. Yeah. Yeah. So when these acquisitions are being made now, at least they're being looked at, right? At yeah. least they're not just going through without somebody's. You know, there's a bit of check and balances, like we talked about. Yeah. Antitrust on this show quite a number of times, right? The mega vendors, you know, becoming too dominant. Yeah. Right? Well, they're playing war games there, but there's actually real war games going on in some other parts of Microsoft. They, they oh, yeah. had, a, had a go Big, at that massive Pentagon contract. Huge, huge. What's uh, it called? Huge contract called, the, they're calling this the Return of the Jedi. Oh, I'll tell you what that means. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't followed up with, uh, kept up with this news, 
Microsoft, the Pentagon announced a $9 billion contract that is going to be shared between, and speaking of big names, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, and Oracle. And I like one of the headlines that I'm just going to call out. The five-sided government entity chose four cloud providers as it ended a single company Jedi contract, which is what it was called mm. back in the day, and that was with Microsoft. But they had to end that because of the, the lawsuit that uh, AWS and... Um, oh, yeah, they all kicked up a fuss, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That was yeah, back, yeah. In, back in 2019. So they put an end to that, and they came up with this new, what they call a joint Warfighting cloud capability. JWCC is now going to replace the Jedi. So, speaking of acronyms and everything, Jedi's better. So Jedi is better. Yeah, and and it's the same thing. This is a multi-cloud offering, and they're going to do this over a uh, for a period of five years, 2028, with yeah. all these big names. So I get the fact that you know you have the AWS, you have Google and Microsoft, big names, big uh, cloud providers. Yeah. But Oracle is also there. Mm. And they're all, the contract says that it's all made equal. Everybody's the same. Any, any sign of IBM? No sign of IBM. The I mean, IBM multi, very... Multi-cloud? Yeah. Not, yeah this, IBM space? Yep, no, IBM is not there. Cloud, multi-cloud? Yeah. I know. No. IBM is what? not there. <laughs> is, it too, is it too early? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you're speaking about... I, I think... Uh, have, have I stepped in too early? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Oracle first. Okay, so, okay, yeah. okay. We had some great... We had some big news. I mean, it was a big announcement when they made it. The all-cash deal that they made and the mm. group for Cerner. Cerner, yeah. We're one of these... Electronic health record vendors, yeah. EHR vendors, uh-huh. which have dominated in that whole health industry. Did you know the health industry is worth three point eight trillion dollars <laughs> in the US alone? Yeah, crazy. Three point eight trillion dollars a healthcare industry mm. is worth is absolutely crazy. But they spent so you wouldn't blame them spending twenty eight point three billion in cash to Cerner to buy them. I mean, I mean, it's amazing actually what's been happening in that whole industry. You've been watching, because it used to be totally niche. It was all of these EHR companies always in that space. Mm-hmm. We've seen other guys trying to get into the industry. I mean, Microsoft kind of tried their own thing, I think called Healthfall thing. IBM had a go with their Watson, trying to cure everybody of everything mm-hmm. with Watson <laughs> you know, after he was in double jeopardy. But then obviously then what happened is they decided doing their own thing is actually what wasn't doing any good. They weren't successful. So they've all started coming in, buying out all of the major players. Microsoft bought Nuance there. Nuance. And then a company called Athena Health was bought by for 17 billion. So a number of these guys have been been bought out over the years. So yeah, Larry's gonna to, to be very happy now. He's gonna he's gonna look into his old age. He's gonna have a lot of access to health professionals, health technology through his acquisition. I'm mm-hmm. kind of pleased well, for him. Yeah, their largest ever acquisition. You know, that's the largest ever. The largest Oracle's largest ever acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yes. You know, I came across this another article. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Oracle, right? This is from a group software licensing consultants, and they report a significant increase in audits. By the way, this year. Well, we we talked about that last time. We talked about that last time. Three years to two years now. Yeah. Yeah. The article just came out, and I was looking at it, and. It talks about throughout 2022, Oracle's been trying to increase their bottom line, right? And the way they've been doing that, laying off thousands of people, putting a lot of pressure on customers, just getting that price higher and higher, and it's all going up one way. And now with audits, 
it's a significant revenue stream. So yeah, I'm I'm sure Larry is happy when you know, when he can get every single dollar out of uh, customers. But the reality is, I mean, no matter what company, if you're an Oracle customer or for that matter any of the big vendors, you better be in a good position and stay compliant. And what what are we going to do? Like let's say look at look at those type of acquisitions of Cerner, for example, mm. in the healthcare industry. I mean, you we've seen what happens to customers. We see it in our business. Yep. What happens to customers when they get audited? They nearly have to down tools. It's becoming like nearly a they have a whole full time team. So are we saying that in the health industry, which is already under pressure in every country in the world, not just the United States, in every country in the world, health health systems under pressure, they start to audit these organizations with some of the same tactics, spurious tactics that they're taking. What's that going to mean for for the healthcare industry? They're going to have to take resources away from the front line. Oh, you're going to be happy Huge. with that. If you, if you have to go up against the Oracle team, I'm just picking on Oracle because that's the article here. They've got a full team. And, you know, the, the reality is, I mean, they're going to go so strong into this. And even if you are able to prove that you are compliant, their teams don't back down is the word on the street, according to this article as well. They don't back down. So there's a big fight that happens and to your point, what does it do? It takes up the resources. It takes away the people, the time, the money that healthcare and industry that already should be advancing is investing or is just distracted distracted yeah. just to yeah. stay compliant. Yeah. Can you believe that? And are they going to get away with this? Well, they have done, haven't they? For a long well, time. Oh, yeah. I mean, are the courts going to let them away well, with these I, things? I, well, I think, well, I think you said it before. I think you presented recently in, in, in Gartner Australia and you said, well, there are no rules. Who's the referee? You know, what are the rules, right? Are there any rules? And do, do these things ever go to court? Is there any ever, any evidence of these things being adjudicated on by, by well, any of the well, courts? Well, there was. Was it? But it wasn't. Well, one of the mega vendors I read about this company called Bit Management, a software German company, who okay. took on the United States, the Navy, because uh, it had this you know, kind of visual representation of assets, if you like. And they tried to sue the uh, the U.S. Army for or the U.S. Navy for 155 million. 155 million. Now I've checked out Bit Management's uh, website because I'm curious to yeah. see. These guys must be a big company. The 155 billion or million. They must be a really big company. And the website was pretty terrible. I mean, they looked like a two man show. So mm. then I checked in. Who were their executive team? There's a picture of like one guy. But they tried to sue the, the Navy, essentially the U.S. government, because over usage of their tool. Yeah. But they told the U.S. Navy, I'll tell you what, it's not going to be a per user, per, per PC license for which every time you want to use one, we're going to give you a license key. We'll allow you to have a floating user license because the U.S. Navy said the way we deploy software is just going to be too difficult for us to manage it this way. So we want a floating user license and they allowed them to do it. And then subsequently they said, you're overusing our software to the tune of 155. So Changing the rules on the fly. Change like the rules on the fly. Yeah. Now, the U.S. government, Navy, didn't sign the tri-party agreement that they should have signed with their business partner because they sold through a business partner. The Navy didn't do what they said they would do, which would be to use Flexera to monitor the use of the software mm. so that they were only using the licenses. But they said, well, but you did have an agreement. You had a verbal agreement yeah. and bit management agreed to it verbally and they agreed to the deployment of it. But later they came back to sue them, right? 
Uh, but they didn't get away with it, actually. The Court of Federal Claims rejected their... Yeah, well, that's, well, so, that's, so, that's yeah. a bit of good news. It's a bit of good news, bit yeah. Of good news, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, so because you do see this flouting, you know, the, with the kind of the, yeah. the interpretation of the policies. And, it's a shame and, it's a small <clears throat> niche player. It, like, it, it is know. good news if it gets yeah. to that. If that was a, big, a mega vendor, that would have been good news for us, mm. yeah. But yes. they took it down from 155 million to 156,000. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the mega vendors, just my, my point, last point on this, I think the mega vendors, I think their strategy in the, in a situation when it comes to audits, it's always been a good cop, bad cop type team. Mm. And they are going to do everything they can to put that pressure on you. And if you if you want the audit to go away, then you follow the vendor dictated roadmap. Yeah. And that's the reality of it. We talk about increase in cloud revenue. We talk about all customers moving and pick any mega vendor. I'm not picking on any one, but all of them. I mean, they're forcing their customers to move to a roadmap that's beneficial for them and not the customer. And that includes moving to cloud. And, you know, speaking of mega vendors, I can talk about SAP, but I'll let you start. No, no, absolutely. We actually, SAP is... A, yeah, we just is, talked about Oracle. I was just going I mean, to we, say we haven't SAP We haven't had a huge amount of news at SAP. I mean, <clears throat> the only big news we've had in the last couple of years is they went from two CEOs to one CEO. But they had the, that a program called the, Rise. Yep, that SAP Rise, I think a couple of years now. And it goes to, you know, it's exactly what a... I'm talking about it's, you know, RISE is a program for those of you who may not know high level, you're moving away from a very solid, mature, capable ECC ERP system, which you've probably invested, companies have invested millions of dollars, originally put it in place, customized, and now SAP is moving or asking or forcing its customers to move to this program called RISE. So what is RISE, right? RISE is a, you're moving away from all that investment you've made to the SAP's cloud version of ECC software, which is called SAP S4 HANA. So you got the application in the cloud, but in order for that application to run in the cloud, you need to have SAP's own HANA database. You can't get any other database. So you got to make an investment. You got to get SAP's HANA database. Oh, wait a minute. You can't have it in any other public infrastructure. You've got to have it in SAP's proprietary infrastructure. Uh, no, is that a licensing <laughs> restriction or is that a technical restriction? No, it's a it's a package. It's a licensing program called RISE that's moved that you have to have those in place in order to move to RISE. And so that's a great... That's the biggest form of lock-in I've ever heard. It is. It is. Uh, that's the word. So you um, can't even test and, inter- and interoperate with RISE and some other database? No, like no, any other database? No, yeah, because SAP on, runs on DB2 at yeah, the back course. end typically. So now it's like no DB2, all SAP, SAP Cloud. This is all about RISE. And, huh. uh, and partnering with them now... Again, it's all the big names. Where are the little guys in the news? It's IBM again. IBM is now partnering with SAP and they are moving all their transactions, all their, they're moving to SAP's S4 HANA as well. And, you know, this is talk, they're, they're going to manage globally more than they say 120 countries, a thousand legal entities, and a number of IBM businesses supporting software, hardware, consulting, finance, all going through SAP. Wow. And all that billions of dollars of processing. So now now you're talking about two mega vendors really conquering or de- wanting to dominate that space. And, you know, th- this is what's in the news, guys. And the other bit of news we had, now we're talking about IBM, like we had through all through a lot of 2021, we had the whole NUCO. Now we have mm. 
Kendrill. Kendrill. Kendrill, mm-hmm. if there's something else to talk about. I mean, it spun out of IBM just over a year ago now at this stage, mm-hmm. a, which was called a $19 billion startup, according to IBM. I mean, $19 billion in revenues. I was looking at the share price the other day. They have been challenged, no doubt. Mm-hmm. They're $2.4 billion valuation. Their share price is down 40%. I thought what was really interesting about them as an organization They've come out of IBM with a significant revenue stream that's been that's obviously going to be under pressure. There was back in August, um, their CEO Martin Schroeder, he made an interesting uh, interview with CRN or one of the one of the uh, publications, and he I thought this was he said this is not a business that IBM has really invested in. <laughs> it was incredible, you know. Yeah, you know, obviously he's talked up the story of Kindle, and I think actually Kindle has a lot that it could do, but IBM totally seems to have just. Turf them out. Like one of the things he was talking about in his piece, he said there was not a negotiation. Our exit with IBM was not a negotiation. We didn't get to pack our own suitcase for this journey, is what he said. <laughs> IBM packed the suitcase. But to be fair, we're going to play the hand we were dealt. I mean, that is quite galling. I mean, to put that in perspective, I mean, there's no way we would have been able to say that as part of the IBM world, but it's quite incredible. Yeah, and they're look, they're clearly now playing with the other vendors as well. They're forging its own relationships with Microsoft, Amazon, Google, etc. And I've met a lot of Kindra people on the road. You know, you meet them out of the events and yeah. it seems quite positive. I mean, they're, they're, they're a positive bunch. There seem to be a good bunch of people. They have definitely moved on very quickly from being IBMers. I mean, they're just sure. kind, they're Kindrel. They're talking about cloud transformation, digital transformation, and they're not talking about IBM as being part of that. Mm. So yeah, they've had you know a, a rough start. Their valuation dropped significantly post having their suitcases packed for them, etc. I think positive noises from Martin, but I but I see it on the ground. Excuse me, with the other uh, executives around but, the globe. But, but it would be like if you look at the share price as an investor, if you look at them saying actually from what we've seen. The people are pretty good. Mm. You know, we've seen some really good yeah, people very, in the business. Very motivated. Yeah. And, and, and they um, seem to have shown off the, cha- the shackles that seem to be on people. I mean, many of them are ex-IBM, but they seem to be like this. There's a, there's, a, there's a refresh we're seeing in the people we meet. I think they're making an effort. If you're, so. if you're back in the jock... <laughs> The jockey or the horse, they're more, the, they're more like the, you'd be putting money on the jockey in this case and saying, right, the jockey looks good. Mm. I mean, the horse may be in, in, yeah. have a few problems, but it, it, nothing like a bit of training. Yeah. And, a, and it feels you, like a 90,000 person startup. Yeah. Like it yeah. feels like a fresh company. It doesn't feel like this yeah. old, tired company. Yeah. So to be fair to them, whatever they did very quickly to kind of change the brand, yeah. fix any cultural issues, move on. I mean, feed on the street. I've been to, I've met them in different countries, as yeah. I said. I've met them in their offices and, and at events. And yeah, I think you know I, what? I like I like what they're saying. Yeah, I, I do too. And same impression, Brendan. I think what I like is despite being such a big company, as a startup would, they're, they're focused on their customers and they want to do the right thing for their customers and they're looking for great partners to mm. help them do that so now suddenly they have a well, they have options uh, now, they have options now yeah, and yeah. that's going to be critical and i think they're going to take advantage of that yeah, yeah and, and but that, i think that's not sure if it's the same article but they're also investing in their people with non-ibm technology skills including cloud ai etc yeah. so they're investing in their people Having versus, moved away from AI, from IBM. Yeah, well, they got they got to invest in other yeah. other skill sets, so they're doing that. So that's good. You know? Well, let's yeah. talk about our favorite. 
people then, will we? <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, uh, Salesforce. <laughs> Come on, we got to yeah. talk about IBM. There's been, you know, we took we touched on them earlier. IBM bashing. They they lost out on that nine billion dollar contract, didn't they? they? Yeah, they did lose out on the nine billion dollar defense contract that I talked about. Uh, that got Google and Microsoft and AWS and Oracle, but they continue to try to, you know, still make inroads into their the federal government services. I think the one new one in in the news is their acquisition of a company called Octo. Mm -hmm. And Octo is, uh, they provide all the digital transformation services for for the federal government. So I think it still shows that, you know, they want to do that just because they're not in the $9 billion contract uh, doesn't mean they're excluded from it. Um, They still want to continue to focus and help out the government with this new company. It remains to be seen, you know, how they are going to bring it to bear, but that's a new acquisition. And how does that compare with Kindrel then? I mean, they they get rid of Kindrel and they buy another services company. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know they'd argue that it's like a a different company, but I'm sure... You know, Kindrel would have a different view on that one. I imagine uh, people from Kindrel. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Mm. But and how are they paying for it? Well, that come yeah. back to all the things that we talk about. And uh, Tomas and uh, Tomas and I, we had this conversation about the price increase that's looming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, price gouging. And, and yeah. Price, uh, price gouging. And what what is the term? Price uh, harmonization. Harmonization. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been harmonizing since what? The September, Brendan. Well, I mean, it start. It actually started probably over a year ago. This, yeah. It's it's been there's been a sequence of of harmonizations. I mean, they first kind of reduced or t- took away password advantage benefits on about seven thousand products. I think that was about a year ago. Then in June, I mean, I love the way they put when they write stuff on their website. It's you've got. I had to write it down because it's so good. So they're basically saying that they're making changes to its benefits program by removing the entitled discounts. <laughs> how do you do it? You know, how can you put that in one sentence? It's fantastic. Um, yeah. Where's the benefit then? <laughs> oh, the benefit's there. They're just removing it. And so that Who's it, the benefit it'll, it'll, it'll exist, Who does it benefit? It exists in the ether now, right? They're saying they want to say then that the entitled discounts will remain unchanged for some of their hybrid and multi-cloud. That's why I mentioned multi-cloud earlier. And, and then they say where we will continue to focus our investment and innovation. So clearly they're saying we're not going to, you know, just the discounts on those areas. But it also says so we're not investing in our on-prem legacy technology. I mean, they're literally putting it in their announcements where they're investing their time and money in. So in September, then they said this is where the world world price harmonization started. It was an 8% increase right, in mm. harmonization at that mm. time, but 15% in certain countries, including Japan, mm. South Korea, Norway, and Sweden. So the Nordics got hit by 15% in September. Now, in September, the rate of inflation was probably running at about 6 or 7% and, and climbing. It's now at 8 9%, which is at a 40-year high. Right? We talked about this uh, recently. So it's at a 40-year high of 8 8 9%, 10% in the UK in, in November. But the recent increase is not 8% or 9%. They've actually superseded the 8% within certain parts of the world, 24%. Yeah. So actually, the current rate of inflation in Europe is just under 9%. So it's almost three times the rate of inflation or the increases where you transact in the pound or the euro. So it's like Brexit doesn't come into this. It's pound, euro, krona, whatever. 24% increase and a 19% increase in Canada. So they've removed the 8%, which was only in September, and replaced it with 24% increase. But what's amazing about this, though, at the same time, it's incredible. It's actually incredible that they even tried this, to be honest with you. But it's not just that they've tried this. 
I mean, we came across, I came across this first time, you know, Niall Eddery, who was the IBM practice lead for Livingston, mm. um, yeah. he posted that. this on, on LinkedIn. That's where I first picked it up. I didn't pick it up from our normal sources at all. It was actually Niall who was quick to, quick to the march on it. Mm. Now, he's already just put a post up even just today talking about the fact that actually they took it down. So they mm. put it up only a couple, was it two weeks ago now? Mm-hmm. They took it to three weeks ago. They put it, they took it down then for a period and then it came back it's up back. again. Back. And the only yeah. change they've made is that they've made some small adjustments to they're saying the SaaS products are not going to have as much of a of an increase. Mm. So that's the only change they've made now for what it's for what it's worth. But he makes a really valid comment about how are people supposed to plan? Mm. You think about a business that has in some cases, like we know companies spending, you know, between a couple of million dollars up to ten million dollars euros or pounds plus in terms of their renewals every year. And you're putting 24%, now, not necessarily across on the whole portfolio, because it might depend on the geography, but if everything's bought through the UK, if they're UK PLC, they're at 24%. Mm. I mean, it's as if yeah, the economy in the UK well, is not under enough pressure after all the things well, they've gone through. It's crazy. You know, I mean, I mean, if you look at what's driving inflation, obviously there's food shortages, there's energy shortages. So the highest, the item, or I guess the, the commodity that's impacting inflation most is energy, right? It's yeah. that... It, is a tw- it has a 24% increase on your overall rate of inflation. And that's what they're doing with software. They're saying software now has the same impact. Like it's software. It's, it's reproducible. But they're also right then that they're not investing in certain products. And they're not investing. And they're increasing their prices that are not... Imagine increasing the yeah. prices of products that you're not investing in. And by the way, the, uh, the changes you mentioned in the NAL article about them taking it down and making some subtle changes to the SaaS products... Not surprising. You know why? SaaS is not cheap. That's where they make their money. So it may seem as a concession, but it is not because SaaS is where companies make money. And SaaS is why they're not investing in the legacy products or the installed products. Mm. They want everybody to move to the cloud products because that's the most profitable business for these vendors. And that's exactly what they're doing. So I think it's a very strategic play. But the problem is the big problem, which you touched upon, that's happening in software Think about IT budgets today. Tremendous pressure, right? 90, 92% of a typical IT budget goes towards keeping the lights on. And if you're an IBM customer, and let's say you have mainframe on top of that or any of the big ones, what's that going to do? How much money do you really have to advance the business, grow the business, and do everything your CEO and your board wants you to do? This new Gartner study uh, survey 81% of CEOs say that they want to continue to invest in digital going into 2023. Not surprising at all because the CEOs and the board, that's what they want you to do. But guess what, Mr. or Ms. CIO, you're going to do it. You you have to figure out how to do it. And with IBM's price increase, (laughs) it's just mind boggling. I mean, it's going to suck up more of that budget. Now, what's it going to be? 95% of that IT budget goes towards keeping your lights on? Yeah. It's mad, it's mad. I mean, it's mad. As also, you talk about whose roadmap is it? Whose roadmap is it? But this is not just whose roadmap is it. Whose price book is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is outrageous. Like, it's absolutely outrageous. I think we need we need to uh, introduce more of these companies to ourselves. Yeah, Brendan. Yeah, that, yeah. That's and that's but, what you were doing well, in the last few, well, few I months. Well, I think I think it it'll happen because you know you can't have I wrote a small little piece. There was used to be an ad, and I couldn't remember the ad. I think it was like for orange juice <clears> or something, and it was like there was a jingle. You can't have one without the other. And you can't have digital transformation without cost optimization. Exactly. This isn't cost optimization. Yeah. This is the this is anti cost optimization. Yeah. So the only what what can they do? I mean, they have to, as you said, second highest spend category is yeah. software. First highest spend category is people. 
companies don't want to touch the people. They need the people to do the work. So I think it'll drive, they, they have to look at alternatives, which is either dropping support entirely or moving to third-party options. Um, yeah. And Gartner were talking about this last week at the Gartner IOCS event, saying you got to look at every spend item, decide, you know, are we using the software? Absolutely. Can we get it supported elsewhere? Do we actually need support at all? You know, really analyze every line item. This is going to force IT executives to be more ruthless. I, I believe that's what will happen. You have to be ruthless and question every single investment going into the new year. And if that investment, as you rightly say, it's not cost cutting. You use the right words, Brendan. It's cost optimization. You want to take cost out of one part of the business and you want to invest where you're going to make the biggest return on that. You got to invest where it's going to move the needle for the company, right? Increase revenue, decrease cost or take market share from competition. If it doesn't do that, then don't. All this this price harmonization is sounding more and more noisy. It's like a company. It's not, a, there's no harmonization going to be there. Yeah. Can I ask you, what will the IBM sales reps be doing with this? Will they be trying to close a deal before the 31st of December saying, if you don't do it before the 31st of December, you're going to have this price increase? Is that what's going to happen? Because these, these kick in in January. They don't kick in. It's then. going to be a hard sell, you know? I mean, that's really like putting a gun to people's heads. Yeah. Are the IBM reps going to be turned away? I mean, this doesn't kick in until the 1st. Yeah. So you can get your renewal done now before the 1st. And presumably you're only going to face the 8% that existed since September. So this is from the 1st. So, But if you've got a renewal coming up in March, April, June, September, so you have to pay it. October next year, which many of our clients would have, or many of our prospective customers would have, yeah. they face this decision. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the slipping in of the old uh, cloud packs to try and kill the perpetual licenses? That's the old trick that they have so that they, when they come around in a year's time, they try to get out of it, they won't be able to get out of it. It's just malpractice, really. You know, yeah, the yeah. Whole thing, yeah right? but this is what happens on the ground. Yeah, they're, not, they're not selling value. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, they're going to slip and fall. Don't talk about slip, guys. Yeah. But it brings back well, bad I mean, memories. Where, where there's a rise, <laughs> SAP Anna, there's always a fall. <laughs> that's so, exactly what know. happened to you. Can we can we talk about we let's talk about ourselves for a while. We've, we've had a lot of change this year. We've had a lot of new people join the business. We've had a lot of new new friends now with us. We've had great new offering. This, oh, exciting this, this offering for the mainframe platform. Yep, that's really that's really taken off, hasn't it? Huge, huge uh, opportunity for Origin as a company. Huge opportunity for IBM customers for all the reasons we just talked about. Mm. But with this comes a choice, right? With Origin announcing software maintenance for the Z mainframe software, and this was back in June, I think it just opened up a, a full, a whole broad set of opportunity, not only for the company, as I said, because the, pr the problems are exactly the same. The high and rising costs of IBM software. And if you have, I mentioned this before, if you have mainframe, mainframes, you know, pick any of the large, you know, the leaders in any industry that have mainframe, 96% of the top, you know, 100 of any of these airline manufacturing retail go down the list, spending billions of dollars. Now there's a choice. So it's not only the cost, what we kept hearing is the lack of skills, not only within IBM, but within their internal resources as well. So that's another opportunity or another uh, reason they will be looking at Origin, I believe, is because IBM doesn't have that talent anymore. They've let go of that talent and it's hard to get that talent anywhere. And we have that talent and our ability to help those uh, mainframe customers. So between cost, the skills, and just the sheer support, something breaks, we'll fix it. And being able to help 
continue the life and value of mainframe customers. So very exciting, Tomas. Yeah. It was great to great to make that announcement because when there's when there's choice, there's competition. When there's competition, it's best value back to the customer. Yeah, and we've already launched it only in the summertime. We've added three yeah. or four more customers already. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. What we're finding is, is interesting is that on the mainframe, and surprisingly, you might have thought that a lot of organizations are running versions which are old, right? Yeah. And they're stable and they don't want to upgrade them. So if they want support from the OEM being IBM again, then they have to pay more money. We mm-hmm. know about extended, extended support. We've talked about it on this, on this show a few times. So... That's really expensive. You think base maintenance is expensive, yeah. but extended support for you know an old version of IMS or, or ZOS or something is, is incredibly pricey. So we're finding that you know that's an option that they didn't know that they had. So now they have it. So that's yeah. so we're 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 actually you know our sales force rather than going in with trepidation into an account talking about price increases are going in, really feeling they're giving value back to the client. So yeah. and speaking of our sales force. You have been, that's why it kept you really busy well, this year. Well, I've had year. to hire more. <laughs> you've, well, you've tripled the size of your sales team. I mean, you've got, yeah, well, we've and, you, and you've moved into, yeah. where have you gone? You've gone all over the world. You're changing the software world now. Where? Well, Australia? Been, yeah, well, we had been selling in, you know, Australasia. We had been selling in Germany and the Nordics, but we put salespeople on the ground. So mm. sales and customer success management people on the ground across those territories. So, uh, and expanded North, or North America. But yeah, in the Nordics, in Germany and Australia, we have we have our own staff on the ground. We have more sales time. reps now in North America. We have more sales reps in France. We've got more sales support people. We've got more yeah, pre-sales yeah. people. We've got more sales operations people, inside sales yeah. people. It's crazy. You know? well, we're just servicing the need <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. that's there, which has been great. The demand has been created for us yeah. by the OEM. Yeah. And we've made other investments in the business too. We've brought in Harry to, to take a real deep dive. To take over dive. the position as the second Irish guy on the... No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening, Harry. <laughs> well, yeah, no, ex- ex- exciting You're opportunity as I see. And you bring up a good point. I think it's the, the awareness because we, there's so much of opportunity, you know, helping customers understand. Helping IBM customers understand they have a choice, I think is the mission is to make that, uh, you know, put that awareness out there. So no, exciting guys to be here and uh, lead the content mission, working with the analyst community, working with many of the thought leaders in the industry. And speaking of analysts, by the way, it's not only our internal folks who are confidently going in because we are able to help, but the likes of Gartner, for example, the Gartner Market Guide uh, for the fourth consecutive year has named Origina as the only provider for not only the distributed side, but with the mainframe announcement we just talked about, we're the only company that can provide both the distributed as well as uh, mainframe software maintenance and listed as the only uh, choice or alternative for IBM in the market guide. So great things happening. And with the Rowan's team expanding globally with the market uh, awareness opportunity and the content that my team is going to produce, I think, you know, we're just getting started yeah and we've had some changes at an executive level bring it all back to me it's hopefully mm. give me more time yeah <laughs> it is all about me sometimes as you say in here take it but we have Chalan Mahaffey now has taken over yes. a global role as chief operating officer we've now have a really deep uh, leadership team with the second captains we have yeah. across the business they're supporting our executive team so I think we've done we're a good place 
for coming into 2023. We'll talk about some predictions in a minute for 23, but I should talk about as well some of the things we did outside of business. We supported a whole stream of charitable initiatives. and just going to mention a few here from the Irish Youth Foundation here in Ireland, Matter Hospital. There was 100 miles in a month, people, quite a number of people did and raised over 9,000 euros for that. You know, we constantly give money towards a number of charities, homeless charities here in Ireland and also in the US and Texas. We give 2% of our operating profit towards that. We supported the hurricane with Trujina Marquez, one of our team based in Florida, the hurricane that hit Florida in the United States and Southwest Florida. We had recently the bell ringing for the Red Kettle Drive for the uh, Salvation Army, plus many, many other initiatives. So listen, I think we've had a good 2022. It's been and busy. I can tell you, being a new member of the original family, I feel very proud to be part of a company that is so selfless, meaning thinking beyond business is very hard for many companies, and I've lived it, I've experienced it, but being able to do the things that you just listed shows the company with the heart. Good. Well, yeah, we want to keep it up for 2023. Yep. Let's talk about, finally to wrap things up, some predictions. Mm-hmm. Who wants to start? Well, well, I'll try. <laughs> well, going into 2023 or 2022, yeah. we, we did this and we said, what are the predictions? And I think I correctly. Oh, go. Cool. Well, so I remember yours. Do you remember yours? No. Well, you talked about the increased doubling down on antitrust. Yeah. And I think you're, I think you're right there. We saw a lot of additional antitrust regulation around the, around the globe. But I said that the tech industry would suffer. Mm. Like so, it had to, but but it was kind of easy, right? <laughs> it had climbed so high, but once sure. it came out of the, you know, the full impact of the pandemic, and and they and they employed too many people, they they grew too fast, they employed them, they employed people at too fast a rate, and they've kind of realized it, and and so the tech industry has had a tough has it had a tough year, and mm. uh, some of the valuations have declined. So, so what's my prediction for, <laughs> for twenty twenty three? I think it's going to be. We're, we're entering into a period of, of stagflation. And I was reading about an account that one of the world's leading economists, a guy called Rumani, and he said that like only the very robust organizations, corporations, you know, households and bodies will will escape what's mm. coming. Like it's still it's not over. Mm. The energy crisis isn't over. Uh, we'll see how we get through the winter. I do think you're right, Harry. I think people will need to continue to invest yeah. to grow, right? And, and uh, some of your predictions. But I think, unfortunately, I think we're going to see a difficult time from these organizations as they as they continue to do that. So I think we're going to see some increased challenges for the tech sector. Fortunately, we're probably going to see you know more people being laid off. But then there's options. You know, they need to figure out ways to to continue to fund the yeah. investment, which is inevitable. So I think there's going to be a continuous continuous challenging period for tech. Wow. Harry? I like the uh, the word robust, only the robust will survive. And as part of that robust mindset, I, I believe you know, companies will start to look very closely at every line item of their budget in order to do exactly that, invest in innovation. I think it's going to be, I think investing in innovation and cost optimization are not two separate initiatives. I think they're very closely connected and synergistic, right? You do one well, it comes back and you become more and more efficient. It's a very, it's a it's a spiral that, it's like a snowballing effect. So you pick the right innovation and it can help with efficiency. You can reduce more costs, you can go back more innovation and all of that. And I think we started talking about this uh, during the COVID times, right? You can't, you know, if you if you stay on course, you get run over, or if you stand still, you get run over. But 
it's become the norm. So my prediction along, you know, just adding to Brendan's thought here is innovation is not stopping. I mean, you know, whether you like it or not, companies have to continue to move forward, innovate. And in order to do that, you have to be good stewards of your IT dollars. And we just talked about a bunch of big name numbers and big mega vendor tactics and policies. And so ultimately, I believe every customer has a choice. Follow a vendor dictated roadmap or follow a business driven roadmap that's going to drive innovation. So prediction is innovation will rule. Good. Well, my, my prediction for 2023 is that we will see more healthy skeptics amongst our customers oh. and they will be more enlightened <laughs> nice. and they will become part of the movement to make to drive change in the industry. So that's what I predict. We will start to see household names active in trying to make a real change in the industry. That's my prediction for 2023. Well, that will be music to my ears. I think that's about all we have time for. A special holiday episode. It was great to have... Brendan, have you thank back? Very, thank you very much. Great to be back, actually. Yeah, yeah it's good yeah, to have you back. Look forward to the next one. And it's, thank oh, you for keeping me on. <laughs> keeping you honest. Keeping me honest, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Harry, for, for joining us. And we will, I think we'll have to figure out how do we accommodate three of us in the two Irish guys discussing I'm software. I'm liking it. Uh, it's always fun to chat with you guys. So. And to you, our listeners, thank you for joining us. Uh, we look, wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday. And we will talk to you all in 2023. Happy New Year. Bonne année, as they say en France. Bye-bye.